Blog Talk Radio. Honey, put this on top of the minivan. We're only going for two weeks. You want me to back the kitchen sink, too? Well, is there room? Hey, you guys. You going on vacation? Who's that? I don't know. Because we're planning on robbing your house tonight. All right, I'm calling an alarm service. Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. There's a simple blood test called A1C that can help measure your risk of complications from diabetes. Why is it important? Because more than 600 people every day die from diabetes and its complications. If your A1C is above 7, your doctor can show you how to lower it. If you have diabetes, know your risk. Know your A1C. Ask your doctor, or for more information, go to www.diabetesa1c.org or call 1-877-TEST-A1C. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on twitter.com slash joykeys. And you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And now, guess what? I'm on Instagram. Check me out on Instagram. It's Saturdays with Joy Keys on Instagram. I want to say thank you to all of you guys for listening and supporting for the last several years. i just amazed at the support that people have given, and I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. Uh, please continue. I will try to continue to provide uh, some wonderful guests for you and great topics. Well, this morning, uh, every December, I try to end the year on a high note with some really fantastic guests. And one of my favorite guests uh, returns every year just to wrap up what's been going on for the year and what we might see in the future. Uh, his name is Samuel F. Reynolds. He's an astrologer. And some of you guys who follow me, you probably listened to him last December because he came on last December. <laughs> Good morning, Samuel. Good morning, Joy. How are you? I am well. I want to say congratulations to you because um, now you're uh, working for the New York Magazine. Yes. Or the New I Yorker. Am. No. Yes. No. New York. You had it right. New York Magazine. Okay. New York Magazine. Okay. <clears throat> so that's great. And how long have you been doing that? Since October. Okay. Since October. And yeah, what October other magazine 12, do you do? October 12th? Um, the only other one now is Pride Magazine over in England which is a black women's okay. magazine. Um, I've been doing that since August of 2012, so I'm happy to be there. Um, but we don't get it over here in the States too much. But, yeah, it's a, it's kind of the essence of the British world. <laughs> That's cool. So do people write into you, or you just put, like, a monthly astrological reading for different signs? How do, how do, how do you plan well, out your, pride, what you're going to monthly. For, okay. for Pride, I do monthly, and I don't get a lot of write-ins. Um, <clears throat> one interesting thing is that there's still a struggle to introduce more of the black world to astrology, and that's something I saw when I was in South Africa just last month. And uh, so, you know, it's still very hard to get many black people on board with astrology, and I think that's true in Britain. Um, here in the States, when I write for the New York magazine for The Cut, it's on uh, my horoscopes appear on thecut.com every Monday morning around 10. Um, 
But with those, I mean, I know they get shared. I know that people are distributing them. But, no, I don't get a lot of people writing in. Mm-hmm. But now you do do personal, um, I guess, reviews for people if they want a, a reading, so to speak. All the time. People can contact you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people so where can contact they go for me that? and set up a yeah. session at unlockastrology.com. That's a new website. Well, maybe it wasn't so new last year, but it's a new website than when we first started talking. So it's unlockastrology.com, or if they have more questions they want to ask me, they can ask me at unlockastrology at gmail.com. So, and yeah, now, and it's right on there where you can actually book a session and it's synced up with my schedule so we don't have to play um, for a potential client. We don't have to play the game, the dance of like, well, can I see you on Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. It's already mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Now, why should they come to you and not some other astrologer? Like what makes you unique and special? Well, I, I think it's a measure of resonance. So they could check out my website and see how I talk or write resonates with them because I don't believe in competing with other astrologers in the sense that I think people should find the astrologer or person who matches them because I've gone to different astrologers over the years. So they may come to me one year and may go to another another year. So I don't get stressed out about that. But the the, the key mm-hmm. reason why many come to me is I kind of reel a, I, I reel in a grit um to astrology, and so I don't leave it this airy fairy because that's not my personality. I tend to stay away from the woo and emphasize more about choices that people can make per the language of astrology. So if they see, if I see something that could be challenging, a challenging configuration in the heavens, I go with more concrete examples of what that might be in someone's life, and then think about with them what choices they can make moving ahead, rather than saying like. Ooh, girl, Saturn's coming toward your son, so you might really be depressed and, you know, messed up and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not where I go. Right, right, right. That's that's kind of funny, actually, though. And you know what? That uh, brings me to the point of that you are actually um, certified. And can you explain to people about your certification? Well, we have to make a qualification with that certified, because if you just leave it okay. like that, you're certified. I could be crazy. Um <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I am a an astrologer who's gone through a certification process through the National Council for Geocosmic Research. I also am working with another organization um, on which I am a board member, the International Society for Astrological Research, um, and also doing certification processes with them. So, and I also even have my own online school where I granted other certifications. Uh, so, uh, certification for those who may not know, astrology isn't a regulated industry or field. However, it is important, I would think, to talk to people who are educated enough about astrology so that you're getting a quality service and a quality reading. Because one thing to know is that you could actually go to someone who markets him or herself as an astrologer and they may have read only three books or maybe one more book than you have. Mm. So the reason why we get certified and the reason why astrologers do that, one, is to kind of know their craft, and two, so that a public can go with someone, with uh, a person who's been vouched for. 
Yeah, I think that's important because I didn't, <clears throat> until I started really talking to you, I didn't know that there was even such a thing. You know, I didn't even know that uh, people could really study in depth and, you know, kind of get vetted, if you will, by their peers and, you know, forced to really go in depth instead of, like you said, this fuzzy, fuzzy, oh, girl, child, this month you should wear your hair pink type of thing. <laughs> right. Or, you know, so, they kind um, of do some amalgam of things like, oh, I do tarot, astrology, numerology, and and mm-hmm. really they only know a little bit about each. So mm-hmm. that's something to know. And you wouldn't know that unless you somehow knew more. And I have met practicing astrologers. I've also mentored practicing astrologers who who needed to know more but didn't know what they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of also important in this unregulated wild west of an industry. And let's well, be clear, it is a, a nearly billion-dollar industry around the world. I mean, I see people all the time on the corners of the <clears> shops, you know, come in and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll show you this and I'll show you that. Um, they're on, on on very expensive pieces of real estate, so I'm assuming they are making some money. <laughs> uh, well, sort of. Some of them... You know, I, I, it might be a little different here in the city, in, in New York City, but um, from what I remember in Philly, you know, many of them have storefronts and apartments they may have had for years, you know, because it's passing mm. through family. And right, right. the key thing to keep in mind with those particular kinds of people is that, you know, in my estimation and also in terms of, you know, client feedback and what, you know, you can read in a newspaper, most of them are untalented. Most of them are not um able to kind of do what they do, and sometimes even many of them have practices that are unsavory, like if anyone says, like, I'll burn candles for you in order to get rid of the bad spirit that's been following you and your family and your mother for the last four generations, likely they're a scam artist. Um, mm. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't know that because they may come up with some random fact, and like, your mother, she had trouble with men? Yes, yes, I know, blah, blah, you know, and they go on. <laughs> And next thing you know, you're forking over thousands of dollars to get rid of the bad juju that someone who no one knows um, placed on mm-hmm. you and your family. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they make money, but sometimes at the great cost of others. Well, today we're trying to um, not make any money and just right. expound on what happened the past year. Um, let's, let's start off with, um, I guess, something that just recently happened, these terrorist attacks. Um, if we want to call them that, because sometimes people are like, oh, it's not a terrorist attack or this and that and other. Basically, a lot of people are getting killed at one time on, um, you know, U.S. soil um, and other places in Paris. What's going on? What What is is this like, what is happening? Is the sun, the moon, is affecting people's minds? Like, we need to just go and blast everybody and their mom up all at once and then don't even ask for anything in return. Like, what do you want, and, and where are you going, and, and why did you do this? No, you just get yourself killed. So we have no idea. Like, we're just left like, okay, so why did you just kill 14 people? Why did you just kill 100 and some people? What Does astrology um, have anything to do with this? Sure. But, you know, there's different gradations by which we could talk about the complexity of this thing called terrorism. So there's a few ways I want to frame it astrologically. So the first is something I've talked about. Uh, before on this show, and this is the coming Pluto return that I, you might remember I've mentioned before, where Pluto is coming back to its original position when this country was formed. 
And so the question of of Pluto, Pluto really deals with the depths of experience in terms of getting with the grit of uh, or the seat of real power in one's life, whether that power comes from within or expressed as the oligarchy without. And <clears throat> for this country some near 300 years ago, it became about royalty and you know people coming to own their own sense of power in some way. And mm-hmm. we're we're at a similar moment. And so really, some measure of that is dealing with people really wanting to feel their own sense of power from whether it's talking about taxes, whether it's talking about, you know, the actual currency, or with the symbolic measure of power in the 21st century as guns. So some measure of the encroaching um, encroaching aspect of terrorism that we're seeing from individuals, which is not often also called terrorism. Like when it's a white male who kind of does these random crazy things in our country, it's not often mm-hmm. called terrorism. They're just crazy. Uh, no. Whereas they may have yeah, had a whole, crazy. they may have had a whole manifesto and a whole thing spelled out and had some ideological ideas that they espouse. But when they shoot all these different people, they're not crazy. I mean, they're not terrorists. Whereas, you know, someone like Saeed Farouk and his wife, when they espouse a particular principle or not and just show up at a holiday party and kill all these people, they're definitively mm-hmm. terrorists. So there is of that course. aspect of it in, you know, in terms of astrology. So the Pluto return is actually going to intensify as it's approaching during this year and, and into 2017. So unless we get with, you know, really talking about the notion of power and how people might rightly or wrongly ascribe power to guns, we're not going to get farther in that conversation. So Pluto and Capricorn is one salient issue. The other issue that's pressing with um, terrorism is Saturn and Sagittarius. And so Saturn and Sagittarius brings into full relief the contrast between us and them, the self and the other. And we're dealing with that in some aspects with the idea of the Syrian refugee crisis. But another dimension of that goes into, you know, the whole idea of, you know, the Islamic world or the idea of the East versus the West. The thing to also recognize is that this is also happening in the actual East among Islamic culture. You know, one of the reasons why... And Buddhist cultures. You know, there's there's a battle between Buddhism and 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 in Islam and different cultures and people trying to kick well, out Muslims yeah, who are already Amar, living there. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 funny in a sense and not funny like I'm laughing like yay happy, but if people only knew what was going on over to the left and over to the right, they're so narrow in their focus, they don't realize that, hey, do you know that the same thing happened over here and it didn't work? Same thing happened right. over here to the left, it didn't work. Uh, maybe you need to rethink your processes because you're really actually thinking very small. And, okay, so you only want this little piece of land. Well, how do you expect to get your resources and, and things that you need for your people if you kick those people out and block those people from this road? Uh, hmm, you know, well, it's, it's I mean, really it, small it, it is, It is that, but it's also becoming bigger. And that's kind of the other thing I wanted to throw in there. I mean, Neptune has been in Pisces. And one of the things I did predict, you know, some many years ago now, about almost seven years ago when um, Neptune was heading into to Pisces, um, is recognizing that ultimately um, what's coming to the to the head is Islam also kind of dealing with itself. 
So some of this has nothing to do with the West. I mean, in the mm. sense that there's a there's a civil war and there's a growing unrest that's happening within the culture of Islam or the cultures of Islam. And <clears throat> many Westerners are not attuned or aware of it because, it's, as you said, not part of their purview. But, of course, it's spilling out in all these different ways. And so the xenophobia, the Islamophobia, the growing phobias in, in terms of the identification of the self versus the other is pressing a lot of things and pressing a lot of buttons to, the, to a head and to the fore. So it's culminating into a crisis between Saturn, Neptune, and Pluto, mainly the outer planets, and then somewhat with Uranus. Um, that's really pressing a lot of things to come to a head that people are not necessarily ready for. Um, but how, we have to look how, at those in different arenas. Now, but how in terms of the movement, is it going to be moving east to west or west to east? You know, like, okay, now we just had this um, event that happened in San Bernardino. Um, do we plan on seeing something in New York? I mean, is astrology that specific that you could say, you know, I can see in the coming months on the East Coast, this possibly might happen. Can it be that specific? I think there are moments of insight that one can have with astrology that allows one to do that. It happens sometimes when one is able to kind of discern from eclipses and see the the trajectory of eclipses. Um, Mm -hmm. For instance, in, in terms of being able to predict, some astrologers have been able to predict earthquakes, via what's happening with the eclipses in particular moon cycles, especially like the supermoon. In terms of being able to specify the direction of a particular kind of terrorism, I will say, honestly, I don't have that skill. But I won't say there's no astrologer who does. But I don't Mm. see, even in my years of study, a way that I would be able to soundly predict that, oh, I can predict where it's going to erupt next. And to my knowledge... Even the astrologers who putatively said that they had predicted 9-11, and there's a few, none Mm. of them said specifically where it was going to happen. They just knew that there was going Mm. to be some kind of, you know, one astrologer in particular, Robert Zoller, um, he did make mention that there would be some, you know, kind of terrorist or um, heightened activity in early September of 2001, and he made this... Before 9-11, obviously. But many others have not. So just to be honest with you, no one knows for sure in which direction it's going to go. I just think the United States can expect to be more susceptible to attacks both that are native to the U.S., from people who are native to the U.S., and people who are from mm-hmm. not, who are not. Now, cataclysmic um, one? Okay, go on. Yeah. No, no. I just um, want we're, we, we're, I just want in terms of our time. I just wanted to move on with wow, the connected issue only. in terms of <laughs> in terms of self and others. Though in terms of self and others, the Black Lives Matter movement and that there is, uh, if you will, the plates are rubbing against each other from black people and white people in terms of you know there's one or the other and mm-hmm. how is astrology affecting that movement uh, or is it just social media affecting that movement? You know what I'm saying because. Well, that's an interesting way of phrasing. I mean, well, definitely, I, I, I know as someone, as you are on social media, specifically on Twitter, Black Lives Matter is a hashtag that got political currency that has changed the landscape. 
But one thing to keep in mind, this is all of one piece. You know, even though I'm kind of focusing in on these different points per planet, they're all symbolically related to, you know, a simple articulation of a philosophy that is kind of getting unraveled in American culture. So Black Lives Matter is a direct result of the violence of a police force, which has become its own culture, that's also embroiled in this sense of who's one of us and who's not. And one of the arguments I've made, because I've actually made this on Twitter for many years, the police are, whether they're aware of it or not, are en route to kind of building their own sense of civilization. And most of us aren't in it. And when I say their Mm. own sense of civilization and culture, I mean more specifically, you know, from the Fraternal Order of Police to, you know, Interpol to all the different consistent aspects of police culture from trainings and the like around the world is that they are getting into very strict definitions of who's them and who are they're protecting and who they're not. You know, the reason why you might bring 10 officers to a sword fight or, I'm sorry, to a knife fight and then shoot someone tens of times only because you're not thinking about public safety at that moment. You think about only your own. That's sadder than Sagittarius. Mm. And the borders of how you, you're dealing with, you know, who's mine and who's not. It's also going into the aspects of Pluto and Capricorn, which is dealing with gun control. As I mentioned, now, is this, this is not new, though. I mean, this is not no. new. I mean, the police oh, it's, always it's protect their own. They have a, it's escalating. Okay, I think that's the key. It's that escalating. escalating. Mm-hmm. And it's escalating now, because 60s, at the same time. Escalating. I'm sorry, go on. In the, in the 60s, it wasn't escalating? I mean, is this just, is this just the flow? But in a different way. Is that it goes up and down? Okay, in a different way? Okay. So Uranus and Pluto. Okay, let's talk about something that happened over the last, um, that happened seven times over the last, oh, four years. <coughs> Excuse me. So in in the 60s, there was a cycle that we, we were dealing with where Uranus and Pluto were conjoined. And in that particular point, we saw the explosion of people and the dynamic of people against tradition. Now, over the last three years, since 2012, Uranus and Pluto have been in a relationship that we we astrologers describe as square. So this, again, has been a trigger effect of, you know, some would say waking up the people and actively engaging Plutonian forces that have been controlling them, which is Uranus attempting to break free. So what we're now seeing are more people attempting to challenge the dynamics of power as they have been brought forth. But there's a a philosophical backlash that's happening. And Trump, for example, um, presidential candidate Donald Trump, I almost gagged Mm. saying that. I was about Um, to say, that was really difficult for you there, Samuel. (laughs) Yep, it was pretty hard. But presidential candidate Donald Trump, again, um, he has been tapping into a philosophical quagmire um, in the last year that's grown in terms of reacting to this this well of, of power and challenge to power that's been brewing over the last three years. So mm. people are like, no, you know, he's part of the 1%, and we went from just two years ago decrying the 1% to now like, well, he's a rich guy who knows about business, and because he knows about business, he can help people. Just and you know what? That. I tell people that all the time. I said that's exactly I, – I, I told somebody the other day it's similar to Arnold Schwarzenegger. If he could be president, he would be president. If there was no rules against 
you know, a non-United States citizen being a president, he would be president. And why would he be president? Not because, you know, he was a governor, not because, you know, he went to study this, because he was the Terminator, because he has this image of success and power and wealth Mm -hmm. and health, and that is what people are voting for. They're not really listening to what the person is saying, because if they were listening to what the person is saying and they had any common sense, they'd be like, what the... I I disagree with you. I disagree with you, though. I disagree with you. I think they are listening. I think they're listening because he's listening to them. And he's listening to a a faction. Okay, a certain them. Okay, uh, yes, a certain them. He's listening to a faction. he's tapping into their concerns. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. This this is the exact... See, this is actually a dangerous precedent. I mean, we've been at the point of Uranus in, in Aries before. And the last time we were in Uranus and Aries, it was happening during the Weimar Republic of Nazi Germany, or before pre-Nazi Germany. Mm. And That's not a good sign. I, That's not a good sign. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. And so when people feel challenged by the dynamics of the perceived notions of the other, they, they kind of round the wagons and say, like, okay, we've got to fortify and ourselves, you know, this whole idea of making America great again. You know, when did America, how has America not been great in the last eight years? Because, mm-hmm. you know, these other countries are coming more into their own. Is that the definition of our no, because greatness? You, you, shut down, you shut down all the factories in my town, and I have no way of taking care of myself. But these immigrants no one's gonna come talk in about and they that can get jobs. That's, again, that's, <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the Pluto subterfuge in terms of power that people don't want to deal with. Um, well, I shouldn't say people don't want to deal with. An oligarchy doesn't want to deal with. It's the same thing of right, having so taxation without representation. They're hoodwinking. They're hoodwinking the people. They're, they're, hoodwinking. they're giving them what they call bread and circuses, you know. I mean, we give you a little bit of this and we do a flash and, 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 and a little leg show and, and then you're, you're fine. But I'm the same person that shut down your factories. I'm the same Correct. person that sent the workers across the sea and now you don't have any jobs. Correct. But I want you to vote for me. I want you to vote for me, and I want you to understand we got to build these walls. And and literally, he wants to build a wall. Right. That's that's just crazy. But anyway, I don't want to continue to talk about. (laughs) But I mean, but that that answers your question. I mean, it's escalating because there is a certain there has been a philosophical backlash, and I think Saturn's movement from Scorpio, you know, movement from Libra, because we were having a conversation, and when Saturn was in Libra, that was all about. at least being aware of this differentiation that was happening in the, the class stratification of America. And then when Saturn went into Scorpio for the two and a half years, roughly sometime um, in 2010, 2011, if, if memory serves, then when Saturn went into Scorpio, we started having a different conversation that was more predicated on, you know, um, coalescing an idea of of more power you know, among people and kind of doing something about it. And maybe it was more late 2011 into 2012 when Saturn went into Scorpio. Now that Saturn has gone into Sagittarius in the last, back and forth over the last year, from 2014 into 2015, now we're dealing with a whole different sensibility of, okay, well, we've dealt with the idea of, you know, power among the oligarchy, but what about those other people? And that's what it's become about. And is Sagittarius? What is the power that Sagittarius has, or what? Why is that combination volatile? Saturn deals with the basic, you know, it, he is the classic delimiter of structure and how we experience boundaries. So when you say, when we have someone saying like we're going to build a wall, that's classic Saturn notions. Mm. Okay. So 
<clears throat> it's dealing with, you know, who's who's in, like when I say rounding the wagons up, it's who's in and who's out. Right, right. Exactly. And this is happening exactly. around the world. I mean, we're not just talking about this in the United States. And, you know, we initially started talking about immigration policy and, you know, reform and all these different things that Saturn was moving into Sagittarius around that time. But now this has become a worldwide issue. It's framed around Syrian refugees, but people in Norway and the Scandinavian countries have also been talking about this. It's the same kind of backlash. And there's so going to be another backlash see? that happens from the eastern part. We focus a lot on the northwestern part, but there's another part of it that we're not seeing, you know, and it helps that, you know, I'm a Muslim, so I do talk and familiarize myself with Muslim culture. But there's mm-hmm. also a backlash that's happening there, too. Yes. Okay, well, in 60 seconds, what are we going to see in 2016? We're going to see um, a few things. Um, we're going to see, first of all, more people um, start to wrestle with this particular issue, and we may see um, a slight uptick in some measure of the violence that's happening, but it won't be, like, obscene. But one of the things that we Mm. may see is more kind of world stage machinations happening behind the scenes, and we're seeing, like, some pieces get put in play and set up in motion that could culminate more into, like, some really dynamic tensions um, from different country, countries like Russia, the United States, China, um, culminate that culminate more toward the end of 2016 into 2017. The next U.S. president will have to brace him or herself, perhaps, for dealing with a war. Mm. On U.S. soil or just with another country overseas? Okay. Uh, with another country. The U.S. will have to okay. engage in the actual conflict, not just, you know... Um, you know, kind of sending planes, it will experience its own threat. Wow. Well, Samuel, thank you so much for coming on this I guess I didn't didn't leave on a a good note. (laughs) No, that's okay. I tried. Look, look, check uh, check Samuel out at at unlockingastrology.com. Also, he's on Twitter, SF Reynolds uh, on Twitter. And uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on every year and really just, I think, going in depth about astrology and its power and, um, its ability to, you know, be a guide, if you will, um, or a mentor. I don't know. So many things that astrology can be in terms of dealing with life, uh, yourself, and the other. <laughs> All the yeah, time. I agree. And thank you. And please do check me out. I'm also at Unlock Astrology on Twitter if you just want to get straight astrology. And also, again, unlockastrology.com. All right. All right. Thank well, you thank so you. much. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Joy. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, stay tuned. I'll be starting another show um, with author Tanana Reeves about her book, Ghost Summer Stories. So call in for that in one minute.